Welcome to episode 2 of Close the Playbook this week. Alongside me is Trevor Bonnetson and Matthew Trader. This week we're talking all NFL with this crazy week of games and news. We're going to dig right into it. Um, we're going to go over uh, last week's games that um, were big shockers, and there were a lot of them last week. Um, first off, we did all the way back to Thursday Night Football, Packers versus Cardinals. Packers go out in... Uh, Arizona, and they get a big win, 24-21, uh, with a very injured, very injured offense for the Packers. Um, for Green Bay, this is their first road win versus Arizona since Week 17 of 2009. What do you boys think of this game? Um, it was a crappy game. <laughs> a it crappy really game. It was. It was bad. It was a bad game. I don't know yeah, what. I absolutely hated it. I'm I don't sure know what was happening in that last play. The Cardinals looked like they were just babies out there. It was a stupid game. The Packers won it, but I really don't think the Packers deserve to win that game. I don't know. If A.J. Green turns around and makes a catch he makes every single day of the week when he's in practice. Yeah, I think the Packers just got a little lead and controlled it. Like It was 10-7 to at half. Um, Cardinals got off to the early lead. Packers tied it up, and that's 10-7 at half, and they got the ball first to start the second half. Went up 17-7, to and they just maintained it. They just maintained that 10-3 and point lead. And then Packers could have put it away, but fourth and goal. What, they had it like first and goal from the one. Mm -hmm. And Cardinals got another chance, drove all the way down the field. And if DeAndre Hopkins is in on that play, Cardinals walk out with a victory in a game. They, I wouldn't say the Packers deserve to win that game. Or, I, I wouldn't say the Cardinals deserved to win that game. I think the Packers play, went in there and did what they needed to do, considering the circumstances. They didn't turn the ball over. Rodgers didn't, you know, Rodgers didn't play out of his mind, but he was checking it down. Got Randall Cobb in the end zone a couple times. But <clears throat> Kyler Murray was running around all over the place, and they could not establish a good offense. So, the, Cardinal, the Cardinals... Got their first loss at the end of the day. So Packers seven to one, Cardinals seven to one. It just makes me mad when the Packers win. Oh, of I course, just hate it. especially in a close game like that, where it's like against all odds. Oh my God, they make this miraculous storybook win that is going to be the narrative for the Packers. But I just hate it. Well, I think that the Packers, the way that game was going, the whole entire game until that last, you know, that last drive. Um, up to that point, I think the Packers controlled the pace of that game throughout the whole thing. They slowed down the Cardinals' offense. They were they were able to get some scores, um, but the running game definitely killed the Cardinals' defense. A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones were a great tandem in that. Um, and then when it comes down to that final drive, I do think that if uh, DeAndre Hopkins was in there and he was on that catch, he would have caught it and they probably would have won. All it would have been was Aaron Rodgers with 10 seconds left and no timeouts. But that's a game to me that I look at it from a Dream Bay Packers standpoint, and that makes me very, very happy the way that we were able to control the game against a dominant, undefeated team like that um, is definitely something that I really enjoyed watching. And I thought it was a great game. I, I mean, watching in a Vikings standpoint, I'm sure you guys hated it, but that was a great game to watch for me. I hated it because all my fantasy football players kept getting hurt. Yeah, that's true, too. DeAndre Hopkins and Chase Edmonds. Luckily, Chase Edmonds came back in, but... 
I hate it because it's like, why can't the Vikings do this? Why can a team like the Packers always do this? Why can't the Vikings once, once make this comeback story, make this well, miraculous headline then, news? Greg Joseph. <laughs> oh, yeah, against the Lions. No, against the Cardinals. Yeah, we but controlled he missed, that game just yeah, like the Packers Yeah, but he missed did, the field goal. And then goal. our only, like, big statement win where we had, like, this headline news is our, our kicker finally hit a game-winning field goal for the first time in years. Well, you know what? It's fine. It's like, as a Packer fan, it's like we get these miraculous wins during regular season, and then we get our heartbreak in the NFC Championship game. And it hurts bad. So going to happen again this year. It probably will. I wouldn't doubt it. All right. Now we'll dip into the Nets game on our docket. Uh, Titans versus Colts. Um, Titans went in overtime on a game-winning field goal. That game was insanely close throughout the whole thing. What do you guys think of that one? It was a good game. I think we all kind of predicted it to be kind of a high-scoring, kind of shootout kind of vibe. And I think for the most part, I mean, granted, Henry got hurt, and we'll talk about that later, but the Colts kept him in check even before he got hurt. And they kind of, like, relied on Tannehill and he found A.J. Brown, and A.J. Brown looked like the guy of last year that we all kind of expected him to be this year's slow start, but he finally did something. And honestly, the Colts the Colts looked good in that game. I was not expecting the Colts to look as good as they did. I think uh, it was 31-24. Colts are backed up. I think Carson Wentz threw like, the best interception he will probably throw all year. He was about to get sacked in the end zone, which would have been a safety. Was it actually no? It was tied at that it's, point. Yeah, yeah, it was tied at that point. But yeah. the Titans would have got the ball back, and if he doesn't throw that pick, they don't get a chance in that game. And so they take it for a pick six, and sure as shit, Carson Wentz drives them all the way down the field and ties the game. But he ended up losing them the game with another pick in overtime too. Um, I think the Colts are a lot better than the record says they are. And it's it's tough that they lost that game because if they won that game, I say that the Colts win that division. <clears throat> but now they own the head-to-head through both games the Titans do, so they're technically got a four-game lead. But that was a very fun game, uh, one that the Colts needed but didn't get, and one that kind of wraps up that division for the Titans. Yeah, they're very. It's interesting to watch those two teams because I think their offenses are very very similar. There's somebody with a decent enough quarterback that can get them through. Um, they both have elite tight ends, and then they got weapons on the outside. I, the Titans have better weapons than the Colts do with A.J. Brown. And, and very good running but, backs, too. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor's solidifying himself as top, definitely top ten. Oh, yeah. You could argue top five right now. And, I mean, he's number two right now in rushing yards in the year behind Derrick Henry. But watching, looking at that game, it's like, both quarterbacks played pretty dang similar. Um, Ryan, Ryan Tannehill had 265 yards passing on uh, 23 completions for three touchdowns and two pits. Um, Carson Wentz had 230 um, for passing yards on 27 completions with three touchdowns and two pits. So that was a very similar game. It was very interesting. And it came down to defense, especially with Carson Wentz throwing that uh, interception for a pitch sits right on the goal line there. That was a That was a weird play. That was a horrible pass by Wentz. But very good win for the Titans in a close divisional game. All right, so now we'll get, dig into the Nets game, which is shocker with the Jets beating the Bengals 34-31 to with Mike White leading the team there. Uh, what do you guys think of that crazy game? Honestly, when I heard Mike White, 
I had no idea who he was. I looked him up. He doesn't look like an NFL quarterback. He doesn't. I didn't think he played like an NFL quarterback when went, uh, Wilson got hurt the week before. But he came into that game and he arguably played the best that I have seen a quarterback play this year so far. Granted, he threw for he threw for four oh five and three touchdowns, two picks. But one of those picks really isn't his fault. I mean, no, he threw a that guy right in the head. <laughs> yeah, he hit his <laughs> he hit his running back on a check down right in the face mask, and his running back lost it, got a pick. But I don't know the Bengals. They like had that huge win over the Ravens. They come out and they just don't look good. Last week they didn't look good. It was like that should have been a blowout victory for the for them against the Jets, who arguably are still one of the worst teams in the league. And I don't know, Mike White though might be the guy over Wilson. It's, it's so weird, and it's like there's this fun stat. So Mike White, obviously with the Jets quarterbacks, and we all know the narrative with Jets quarterbacks. Mike White is the second quarterback since 1950 with 400-plus uh, passing yards in his first career start. And that happened since Cam Newton's first, second time since 1950. Absolutely crazy performance out of him. Yeah, this is like a total trap game for the Bengals, and they fell for it. Um, it may have been like, coming off a big divisional win against the Ravens, but, yeah, Mike White played out of his mind. It's not like a lot of trap games like this when the team comes out flat, they usually don't put up 31 points. The Bengals offense was moving, but they just couldn't stop Mike White and the Jets. And <laughs> I honestly thought this Bengals team was the most consistent team in the AFC and they proved me wrong. This AFC is really weird. Um I think the Bengals are kind of going to be this team. They're a young team. They can fall for a trap game like this. And they kind of showed in this game that they're not legit. They're not a team that's going to go win a bunch of playoff games and make a Super Bowl run. They're going to be a team, probably sneaks in as a wild card and loses first round. They're just not good enough. They definitely got one to two more years before they're, we're talking yeah, Super very Bowl young, run. Yeah. I think that Ravens game team. was shocking. Cut a lot of people by surprise. But I think the Bengals showed that they're the type of team that can lose Games. I mean, they almost did lose to the Jaguars, too, on Thursday Night Football. And they lost to the Bears. That was like their – what, did they got three losses now? Yeah, that, that's one of their three losses. So they're going to lose some weird games, and they're going to shock a couple teams. But I think the Bengals showed that they're not like a legit team. They'll make the playoffs probably, but yeah, not much further than that. No, I think that's a good test for them, too, for such a young team like that. All right, next game that we're going to dig into is Steelers versus Browns. Steelers get a big win, 15-10, and a very ugly game to watch. Not a whole lot of excitement that happened in that game other than it was close. Um, ben Rottnesberger, um absolutely has killed Cleveland throughout his career. Uh, his overall record is 24-2-1 in regular season games versus Cleveland. Matt, I know you liked this game. What do you think about this one? I said I absolutely hated this game last week, and I'll say it again. This game was terrible. I mean, looking back at the picks from last week, you were close. You predicted 17 to 13 and it was 15 to 10. Yeah. I mean, first of all, it's it's a weird such a weird score because you have a kicker who throws the ball and gets absolutely annihilated on the sideline by a D tackle. Concussion out for the game. They have to go for two on stuff. It's just these this weird score. The Browns look terrible. I think without Kareem Hunt 
and Nick Chubb as their their dual back system, they have no identity. OBJ hates it there. He's not playing anymore. Baker Mayfield does not look like a good quarterback this year. And your only bright spot really is Miles Garrett. And Miles Garrett, I don't think, really did anything last week to like impact the game like he usually does. Yeah, Baker just seems off. I think he's hurt and he's just kind of struggling through. But I'm very disappointed in the Browns this year. Like I felt like they really were going to stride towards the top this year and make a deep playoff run. But, yeah, this game was pretty bad. I mean, you got a kicker that can't even – I the most shocking part of this game was, like, it was 10-9 to and the Steelers are at the, are the like, one or two-yard line. You're telling me there's nobody on the team that can go out and kick a 21-yard field goal, like the old extra point, like a kick that high schools kick. Like there's nobody on the team that can go out and do that for you to take the lead, and you have to go for it on fourth and goal. They ended up getting it, but, like, come on. There's <laughs> nobody on the team. What, why can't the punter go out and kick that? Like That's what I'm saying. That That's why it was such a weird score. It was just, like, they did not prepare for it, and they weren't prepared for it. Most like most teams aren't prepared for it, but still, it was just, it was just goofy, and like there's no roughing the passer call. I mean, granted he's a kicker, but he still was throwing the ball. There should have been something, but it was just, it was just a weird little like it was a like quirky little game that I personally hated. <laughs> if you really like, you know, tough. Hard-nosed, defensive-minded football, low-scoring. That was the perfect game for you. But other than that, it wasn't. You didn't really get much out of that game. I mean, it's like Steelers are a weird team. Browns are a really beat-up team. They're a really weird team too. That was a very interesting one for sure. Steelers are gonna hang around though. Steelers are. Mike right. Tomlin has never had a losing season, and I don't think this team's very good. But nine and eight. Might get them in the playoffs. I don't know. They're they're gonna hang around though. They're gonna be that annoying bumblebee sort of team. <laughs> bumblebee colors. They're gonna hang around and they're gonna annoy some people. Especially the Vikings probably week fourteen. Ugh. <laughs> all right. Now I'll dip into honestly what I thought was the biggest shocker of the week throughout all these crazy stores was the Eagles Lions game with the Eagles absolutely obliterating the Lions forty four to six. For Philly, this is their largest margin of victory on the road since week 10 of 1981. What do you think of this one? I was really sad about this game. I don't even game. know why we're talking about this game. Like, come on, Lions. <laughs> we all picked the Lions to win. Yeah, otherwise, I would. if we all picked the Eagles, we wouldn't have even talked about it. Yeah, I think, though, like, the Eagles looked terrible for the last however many weeks. And then it's like, oh... They're going to play the Lions. Granted, the Lions are 0-8 now on the year, but it's like the Lions should stand up to these guys. They should get a win. They played yeah. great against the Rams, and they just come out here, and they were so content with just losing. Yeah, it's like they knew it was just going to happen, and it's like it's it's such a weird game to me because it's like, it's like Jalen Hurts passing has 107 yards, 14 attempts, and it's like, all these it's all these weird stats and I thought the Lions just the way they've been performing how tough they play that they would come I thought this store could have been flipped I thought it could be too and like when you look at the previous games like the Lions they they play the uh the Ravens they lose on a 66 yard field goal NFL yeah. record play them tough you play the Vikings you lose on a game-winning field goal 
You play the Vikings tough. You play the Ravens tough for I me mean, for a majority of that game. And then you just come in here and it's like, nah, we don't want to play this week. Yeah, they just came in here and shit the bet. And it's like, I, I just honestly don't know. It's like Jalen Hurts is somebody I look at and it's just like, I don't know what he's doing. He played well enough to win. It's like Boston Scott had two touchdowns rushing. Yeah, their Eagles rushing game was insane this week. Yeah, Jordan Howard also had two, yeah, yard, he had two, or two touchdowns rushing touchdowns. Too. When was the last time you heard Jordan Howard doing anything in the NFL? A long time, yeah. Well, it's weird, too, because, like, Jared Goff didn't throw any interceptions. Like, I don't know if they're running. It doesn't say if the running backs fumbled at all. But, yeah, it's like it's like the Lions had a bad hangover from the Rams game. It's like because yeah. they had so much on the line in that game. It's like. This is your game to get a win. It's like the games they're not expected to be, you know, competitive in. They are. And then the couple chances they've had to get a win, they've just totally shit yeah. the bed. So, but it also does show the Eagles. The Eagles may hover around too. Easy division. Uh, kind of weird bottom of the NFC right now with that seven seed. Like the Panthers are the seven seed right now, and they beat the Panthers. So they may hang around. Never know. You think they'll hang around that? I don't think they will. <laughs> I think Jalen Hurts is going to hurt that team. I just don't know. It's like a little pun on words right of there. Of course, when I have, you know, Miles Sanders hurt, they decide to run the shit out of the ball. And then all of a sudden, you know what? Boston Scott, you get two touchdowns. Sure. And it's like now I picked up Boston Scott. He won't do shit. All right. Next game Bucks versus Saints. Another surprising game. I know we were watching this game. This. Thing was insane. Uh, Saints did a big win versus the Bucks, thirty-six to twenty-seven. And during this game, Brady uh, surpassed Brady surpasses Breeze for uh, thirty-seven games with four-plus touchdown passes, which is the most since nineteen fifty. What do you think of this one? Well, I think the big news is uh, Winston goes out torn ACL. You could tell just from the tackle that his knee was fucked up, and then. Arguably, the Bucks should, at that point in time, should not lose. It's, it should just be a clear victory for them. However, you have a guy named Trevor Simeon who hasn't played in the game in a while. I mean, he was okay on the Broncos when he was playing, but he hasn't been great. And he comes out, and he leads them to victory. Brady did not look good down the stretch, which, no, which I think personally in the first time in a while I can remember him not looking good. Yeah. Usually, that is a for sure, he has a minute to score the ball in a close game. You can bet probably 95% of the time he's doing that. And this was a 5% of the time where he throws just a crappy pick, gets returned for a touchdown, and it was, it was interesting. And I I think that's a that's a huge thing for the Bucks is they look beatable. Yeah. Well, they kept showing stats, like, Brady against the Saints since he's been here. Like, Brady just does not play good against the Saints. Granted, that playoff game, but we all know Brady in the playoffs. But last year, week one, I think the score was like 34-17. Saints win, and then it was in Tampa, 38-3 Saints win. And now this game happens. Brady just does not play good against the Saints. Like, he's like I think he's had seven losses. Or, right. Seven losses with the Bucks and like three of them have came against the Saints or something weird like that. We yeah. Stat like that. Um. Yeah. I, I think the Saints. You know, and I think the Saints can stick around too. Their defense is good. It seemed like whenever Breeze would get hurt the last couple seasons, the defense would step up. I remember when Teddy was in there, they went five and zero. Oh. 
when Breeze was out. And last year, too, Taysom Hill came in and did some work. So I wouldn't count the Saints out. The Saints got good defense, and they step up when they need to. I think it's a credit to the coaching, honestly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sean, Sean Payton's a great coach. Sean Payton is one of the greatest coaches of all time. And I think that's what's why they're staying in these games, why they're able to have this have the success when their star guy kind of goes out. I mean, but big news for them for the rest of the year is they will not have Michael Thomas, what they were kind of expecting him to come back, I mean, what, last week already? Yeah. And now it came out he will officially be shut down for the rest of the year. Jameis Winston obviously shut down for the rest of the year. Now you kinda you're kinda playing you know, flip of the coin with Trevor Simeon or Taysom Hill to finish out your quarterbacking duties. Right. And uh, arguably, I think Simeon's the guy. I don't yeah. like Taysom Hill as a quarterback. Do you think there's a chance that they like, they go in and they like kind of split snaps? I think this week they definitely do. I think with Taysom Hill, he's coming back from a concussion. And I think he's going to probably get, you know, some touches, but... I don't know. I mean, they kind of did that, I feel like, last year a little bit with Taysom Hill and um, Jameis Winston. Just a little bit of kind of back and forth, and they kind of relied more on Taysom Hill. But I think Trevor Simeon is better than Taysom Hill for throwing the ball. But rushing, obviously, Taysom Hill is – he's like another running back. Right. But teams can figure that out, so I really just – I don't know about that. Let's see what Philip Rivers said. He said – they give him a call, he'll answer or whatever. Something really? Like that. Yeah. You didn't see that? Yeah, Philip Rivers. He said he'd come play for him if they if they gave him a call. So oh. we'll see on that. But Saints do got a tough schedule. They got home against Falcons, should be a winnable game. On the road against the Titans, on the road against the Eagles, home against the Bills, and home against the Cowboys. Huh. So these next few weeks are gonna tell the story of the Saints, right. like I said, the bottom of the NFC though, I think nine and eight can get you in this year. Yeah, it's a bloodbath, but bloodbath in the NFC this year for sure. In the well, you got the top five teams who are like gonna finish in the top five no matter what. Like right. The Rams, Cardinals, Packers, Bucks, and Cowboys. But then that sixth spot is the Saints right now, a five and two. But looking at the schedule, they're gonna they're gonna drop some games. But I think they can get nine or ten wins. Are you surprised that they didn't even kind of look at picking up Cam Newton? Yeah, I was kind of wondering that. Because I, I saw somebody posted like, oh, pick up Newton, blah, 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 on social media, and they didn't even look at him. They were like, no, there's no chance for picking up Newton. Well, I think Which, huh, Newton's aren't... like a Taysom Hill right now. He is, but at the same time, at least, like, Cam Newton has established himself as a good enough thrower of the ball that you you would think they would give him a a look, but it's like they kind of just immediately shut down those rumors and were like, there's not a chance we're signing this guy. Right. Yeah, it must be that uh, hard feelings he's got from playing in the division. That yeah, long. maybe that's what it is. Panthers, Saints. Could be. I don't know. Well, maybe if they get Phillip, sets Haver Rivers in there, then, you know, maybe they can get some dubs. <laughs> All right, next game. Uh, Patriots, they go out and they beat the Chargers 27-24. to New England has won six straight games versus the Chargers. Another close game uh, with Matt Jones leading them to a victory. What about this one? I had a really weird feeling that the Patriots would win. They beat these guys like 35-0 last year. And it's just, Patriots are going to stick around too. They're a good yeah, team. Are. I mean, it's Bill Belichick we're talking about. Matt Jones is 
mac and cheese is starting to get it cooking. <laughs> and uh, I don't really like what I've seen from the Chargers the last couple of games either. They're kind of getting exposed a little bit. If you shut down Justin Herbert, it's like, yeah. what really else do they got? Defense isn't that great. So, good win for the Patriots. Yeah. They could sneak into the playoffs too. There's a lot of these teams in both conferences that are, you know, not great but not bad. So they can hover around that seventh spot. I think it's kind of proving that the Chargers aren't as good as everyone thinks they are. I was big on the Chargers at the start of the year because I thought they were a great team. Yeah. I thought they were the real deal. And, I mean, they dropped two back-to-back, and it's – I don't know if that's a whole team kind of vibe that they're just not playing well or if it's a couple guys that – I'm kind of noticing a trend. Mike Williams, when he doesn't get the ball, they lose games. Yeah, it's like his, Herbert's number one receiver right now. It's like you can rely on Keenan Allen all you want, but Keenan Allen I don't think is the guy that's going to win you games. I think Mike Williams, if he no. goes out for 100 yards and a touchdown, he wins you the game. Yeah, they need two options on that team for Herbert. Exactly, and I think right now they're only using one. I mean, they only used one against the Ravens. They got blown out. They only used one this one this game pretty much and they lose a game that arguably they shouldn't have lost yeah i think this was a good game uh just for the aspect of you look at it patriots won it they just got out coached um you got the best coach of all time and bill belichick just out coaches the chargers um patriots running game is doing very well too damian harris has definitely popped off and without the presence of james white in there anymore um, but definitely a good win for the Patriots, and they're definitely going to be a team, too, that I think is going to be sticking around there. All right, final game that we will discuss, America's team versus the Vikings. Uh, Halloween. Uh, spooky Halloween with spooky Kirk Cousins. Cowboys get a, an, an impressive victory on Sunday Night Football, 20-6 to team with their backup quarterback with Cooper Rush in there. I know you guys have a lot to say about this game. Go ahead. Do you want to start or should I, Trevor? You got it. All right. Um, there's a saying that I think I've been, I think the most the state of Minnesota has been saying for the last, I don't know, year, fire Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer needs to go. He is a terrible coach. He does not win games. He does not play aggressive. And I honestly think you have a coach like Belichick. You have a coach like Peyton. Yeah, arguably they're the best in the game of football. But they win you those games. Those games where it's like, we should win this game because it's their backup and whatever. They're going to win do that game, and they're going to make it known and just stomp the shit out of that team. Zimmer is so content with just, eh, if we win by three points, we win by three points. If not, oh well. Also, Kirk Cousins needs to know how to throw a ball further than five yards because every third down, he threw it five yards or less except for the first drive where it was a third and two and he hooked it about 30 yards deep to Conklin. I think Zimmer and Cousins are the perfect match made in heaven quarterback uh, coach relationship because they're both conservative. They really don't want to win. Yeah, they're both play, They're both play people that don't want to win games. Right? They don't want to win. They don't care about winning. They know they're getting their paycheck at the end of the day and they don't give a fuck. Honestly, it is so sickening to watch as a Vikings fan. I'm ready to just stop cheering for the Vikings completely 
because this is just pissing me off. I didn't know Cooper Rush had 325 passing yards. Yeah, he That's plays insane. He plays <laughs> unbelievable. Insane. It's like a Mike White situation. Plays absolutely unbelievable. Plays the best game of his career. In a primetime game, no Primetime game on Halloween, biggest game. I mean, that kind of solidifies <laughs> the Cowboys as the great team of the NFC right now. Yeah, they're very good. And it's like for the Vikings, honestly, especially going into such a hard schedule coming up, that just makes it even easier for your opponents to not treat you like a real deal. I think the Vikings have a lot of stuff to worry about offensively, but defensively they have a lot of stuff to worry about now too. They traded away Steven Weatherly. Right away the next game, Daniel Hunter gets hurt. He's done for the year. Right. Patrick Peterson still isn't back. Who knows when he's coming back. And I think you guys, they could have made something at the trade deadline, and they did absolutely nothing. Right. Get rid of Breland. Bring somebody in. Do something to make your team better. And I just think they're so content right now that, oh, if we don't make the playoffs, we don't make the playoffs. Oh, well. But it's just annoying. I'm getting sick of it. Yeah, they're so frustrating. I can't even, like, every single game this year has just been... You guys have been with me for most of them. I'm just a wreck on the couch. It's like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, just win the game by 10 points. It's not impossible. Like, yeah, get a, lead, get a lead and then just keep going. Like, the only game this year where it was actually fun to watch was when they played the Seahawks, and they just won outright. Yeah, but even in that game, they, like, were up 21-17 to 17 at halftime, and then they, the offense kept moving, but they kept settling for field goals, and then... We still weren't getting away in that game. We only won by 13. I mean, like, granted, though. We three field goals in the second half. Granted, we went, you win by 13. That's good yeah, enough. Yeah, it's good enough, but still, like, that was probably our best game. That's our best game but of it's the year, like... but it's like, put the game away. But I do agree with you. Zimmer needs to go. You know, it's been a good run. Zimmer's had a couple good years with us. It's been fun. But I look at this as Clint Kubiak, and I do not think Clint Kubiak – I think he's been a big problem that a lot of people don't see. I think these, like, the first drive of the game, always scripted, always goes perfect. I don't know if his dad's writing up the first drive for him and they practice <laughs> it or what. But after that, it's like we kind of follow the pace of the other team's, what the other team is doing. It's like Clint Kubiak, like, you look at the Vikings last year, all right, when we had Gary Kubiak. We had a worse team last year but we'd still fight even if we had a lead we would go away from the game and I look at our team this year I don't think it's Zimmer like oh let's be conservative Zimmer's been the coach for eight years and he's seen this you know we've blown teams out you know I think it's Clint Kubiak who's just like oh I don't want to I'm a new offensive coordinator I'm not trying to blow this game I'm just gonna play conservative and we're gonna try and get through this game and Win by seven points. Okay, but at the same time, like, do you think it's also Zimmer and also maybe Cousins who are like, let's dial it back. Let's let's not go ultra in right away. Let's dial it back. Let's let our defense, you know, kind of do the, our thing, and then we can kind of score at our own pace. Or do you think it's just the play calling? Because my standpoint, I think Cousins is so worried about his stats, his pass rating, his accuracy, his yards. So he doesn't throw a pick. I mean, obviously, everyone was talking about it. Travion Diggs had seven picks in the first six weeks, blah, 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 all that stuff. And it's like he seemed like he wanted to break that streak. He didn't want to throw a pick, and so he's being ultra-conservative. I mean, 
the fact that CJ Ham had three targets. Yeah. And Justin <laughs> Jefferson had and Justin Jefferson had four. That yeah. to me is Kirk Cousins. But that I just is don't think you can calling. associate yourself. Yeah, I agree. Kirk Cousins, he's shown in the past. He can be conservative. When he starts getting pressure in his face, he breaks down and just doesn't know what to do anymore. But I don't think, you know, yes, I blame Zimmer for a lot of this game, but I don't think you can really blame him on the offensive side of the ball because he's shown in the past, he's told people in the past, everybody knows him that he has nothing to really do with the offense. And I don't, I think like an offensive coordinator deciding not to throw it deep to Jefferson is not on Zimmer. I think it's on Clint Kubiak. And like in the past, like we've blown teams out. And this year, for some reason, when we have chances to blow teams out, we keep letting them back in. And it's just been frustrating. But I don't really blame Zimmer for the offensive play calling. I don't blame Zimmer for play calling. I blame Zimmer on arguably the worst time management skills yeah, I have ever seen. That's horrible. <clears throat> End of first half. You know Dallas is going to get the ball. And what do they do? Oh, let's march down the field. We get a good drive. You know, we got some good stuff going. We have, what, 30 si- 35 seconds left on the clock. We hit a guy over the middle. Instead of running up and spiking the ball or taking your final timeout, what do we do? We waste 20 whole seconds because Cousins is calling some bullshit, <laughs> arguably putting anybody anywhere that because he's like, oh, well, whatever, who cares? I'm going to change the play at the line because I never do that before, so right now is a perfect time to do it. He does that. They waste the time. And they go into the half, n- not being able to get a score. But then, again, in the end of the game situation, you have – you call a timeout. It's third and eleven or third and sixteen. Third and sixteen, yeah. Third and sixteen. You call a timeout for whatever reason. I mean, I know to stop the clock, but it's just okay, whatever. And then, in that timeout, you guys couldn't have made a game plan, so you forget and you have to call another timeout, which results in a five-yard penalty. Arguably, the ref should not have given us that because it's actually against the rules, but they did. So Zimmer blows two timeouts right there, and then the game-changing play is. Ezekiel Elliott breaking six tackles to get a 13-yard gain on third and 11. They go score on the next play, and then Kirk Cousins does Kirk Cousins fashion and absolutely not be able to move the ball down the field. Right. I like another thing I'll say about Kirk. Like he's, I love Kirk, but he's just so weird, and he's just <laughs> like not a leader. Like he just like I remember they asked him after the game, like, "Oh, why? Like what happened at the end of that first half? Like blah blah blah." He's like, "Oh." I never call a timeout. I always let the coaches deal with that. It's like, dude, you should be able to call a timeout if you're on the field and don't think you can get a good playoff. Like, you clearly had no clue what you were doing. You're screaming, you're moving receivers from left to right, and it's like, call a timeout, dude, or spike the ball. And, like, you never see Kirk call any sort of an audible ever. It's like he's just, like, so scripted. That everything needs to be going so perfect for him. And when we play a good team on Sunday Night Football, that's why his primetime record is so bad because he just does not know what to do. And when anything is going wrong, he just falls apart. I think it's funny. The Vikings have invested all this money into him. They put a freaking C on his jersey, which stands for captain. Captains mean leader. And he's out here, nah. I'm just gonna let the I'm just gonna let the coaches call the timeout because I don't want that responsibility. 
if that is your franchise quarterback, you have problems yeah. as a team. Right. Because I know any other quarterback in the league would have been smarter about it. They would have called a timeout. They would have ran up there. They would have spiked it. I mean, he's been in that two-minute drill probably six times this year. He should know how a two-minute drill works. And he completely was like, nah, I'm going to call an audible. It's almost like they don't practice the two-minute drills before halftime and they practice them at the end of the game. Yeah, because they they've know. They've said that they do. They've worked on that a lot. And Because they're so happy with handy, going but... into halftime without scoring. And it's like, oh, the second half, that's actually important. Oh, we're the up 10-3 to three against Cooper Rush and the Cowboys. Let's We're fine. Like, let's just chill out. I uh, mean, I think what really killed us at the beginning of this game, though, is we were up 7-0 and Miss Jefferson wide open, which I do put on Jefferson because he, like, all of a sudden he, like, couldn't see it. But if we score there, I think this game's a lot different. But another thing I will say about Zimmer, it's like I think the defense has been better this year. But what's up with the, like, when you absolutely need a stop, I mean, they shut down the Cowboys for the most part in this game. They had 13 points going in that last drive. When you absolutely need a stop, the last two weeks, Zimmer's defense has led Sam Darnold 96 yards down the field with two fourth and long conversions and has now led Cooper Rush all the way down the field to score a game winning touchdown. I think they're like, they're playing, they're trying to play like a prevent defense so we don't let up the big shot. But to me, you can't play prevent when it's a three point game. Like, I don't care who you're facing. You can't do prevent when it's a three-point game. And you're playing Cooper Rush. And Yeah, especially. Like, Cooper like Rush. I get it. The Cowboys just... got better receivers, but it's like. But it's like, and another thing, too, is what's alarming to me is Zimmer's such a defensive-minded guy, but yet no one on our defense knows how to tackle. Yeah, and we let up these big plays, like, almost every week. It's like Cedric Wilson right out of the second half is running for 75 yards. Like, what do you – like, how does that happen? Like, <laughs> Oh, let's just give them a touchdown. Let's regroup. Like, you held them to three points until that point, and then oh, one play, one ten play, second yeah, play. Man. There goes twice the amount of points you'd let up. Cream Hunt thirty yard rush. Exactly. Third and twenty six. It's third and twenty six. What do we do against the Browns? Let freaking Cream Hunt go for thirty three yards. It's just stupid things like that. That's like Zimmer's is such a great defensive coach, and it's like no, he's really not. Yeah, he's past his prime. He's past his prime. I think maybe, though, is if he was just a defensive coordinator and not had to have the responsibility of a head coach, he might be all right. But he's so invested in his defense and takes so much pride in his defense, I think that might be a reason why we're yeah. so conservative. I, th- I think it's a, I think it's a lead now where it's, you know, you look at it, and I was explaining to you, Trevor, earlier, it's like when the Packers came to the decision to fire Mike McCarthy, it wasn't that Mike McCarthy was doing absolutely horrible things. He had Aaron Rodgers hurt a couple of years. It's just he was calling plays and he wasn't doing a good job at it. Give Pass it on to our offensive coordinator. He does decent on it. It's time to move on from Mike McCarthy. Say Mike McCarthy won us the Super Bowl, great seasons. And then when we have Matt LaFleur in there, obviously it's going good now. I think that's where the Vikings are at, where they just have – they have a good coach, yeah. But I think he's just run his course, and that's why, like, it's time to move on from Zimmer. And the thing is, it's like it's not like we're gonna fire Zimmer and we're all full on rebuild. Like, we still have such a talented right, roster, exactly. And it's like we just need someone, a new guy in there, to to be able to use our guys. Yeah, and just like a new coach, you know, you kind of get sick of the same old same. I mean, Zimmer's right. not offensive coach at all. Even Kyle Rudolph was kind of hinting, hinting at it. 
uh, earlier this season. He's like, oh, yeah, I feel so nice to, like, have an offensive coach and a coach that will actually, like, help me and sit down and go through stuff. Like, Zimmer's just not offensive. He's so defensive, and it's like, no, like, it's like if we don't have a good offense coordinator, it's like, oh, we're screwed, and we get a new offense, offensive coordinator every single year. I do think the Vikings, though, arguably have one of the most talented individual players in the league. I mean, Delvin Cook's a top three running back. You have Justin yeah. Jefferson, who's kind of proven himself to be a top 10 receiver. You have Thielen, who's also a top 15 receiver. And you have great guys on the defensive end of the ball. I mean, Daniel Hunter arguably is one of the best DNs in the league. You got, you know, Wilson, or not, not Wilson, uh, Eric Hendricks. You have Harrison Smith. You have Patrick Peterson. But it's like, we need somebody who's going to utilize every single one of them. And right now, I just don't think the Vikings have that. And I don't think the Vikings have had that for the last couple of years, honestly. Yeah. And, the, you know, here's the worst thing about the Vikings is, like, you think the season's falling apart right now and everything, but the Vikings sure as shit win some games that they're not supposed to win and then lose some games they're not supposed to win or not supposed to lose. And all of a sudden, we're going to be hovering around that seven seed. So we're going to be like, we're too, we're too good to like be bad. And we're too, like, we're not bad enough to be good. Or I don't know. I may have mixed that up, but like, we're too average. Like, we can't yeah. just, we're not bad enough to just throw the season away. But like, we're not good enough to win a Super Bowl. So, like, guaranteed, we're going to win some games. Would not be surprised, even after this horrible loss we still get a seven seed at nine and eight right considering how bad that seven seed is going to be and lose first round and it's like oh now we get the 18th pick in the draft and we get to let spielman make a great pick that he does so often in the first round so it's like it's so it's so frustrating it's like we're like too good to just throw it away but i mean maybe if we string some losses together you got ravens chargers packers who knows I don't know. I mean, we could talk about this all day, but I think it's time to move on. Yeah. And I think the biggest uh, the biggest news in the NFL right now is Derrick Henry out for the year with a foot injury. He has a Jones fracture. Um, We were talking about how he was probably the guy leading the MVP race. Yeah, in my opinion, he was number one. And I think now it, that, that's huge. That's huge for that team. It's huge for the rest of the year. And I mean, they just did sign Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson's thirty-six year old, thirty-six years yeah. old. He's kind of past his prime. I don't think he's gonna be what everyone thinks he's gonna be. Great for him, obviously. I loved him at what, since being a Vikings guy, but I just don't think they're gonna have success with him. And I honestly just think the Titans are gonna fall off now. Yeah, I don't know. It's <clears throat> we've seen it with Tannehill within these last couple weeks. He's finding his targets. He's finding AJ Brown finally. Um, it's just, is that going to be able to hold out? Are you going to be able to perform and win these big games, especially in the playoffs, uh, without you know the juggernaut that you have in Derrick Henry? I think that's the big. I think that's the biggest question. One of the biggest questions in the AFC for them is, are they going to be able to hold that out? I personally, I honestly don't know. It's like I think Tannehill's a good enough quarterback to go and win games, but I think he's that with Derrick Henry. So I don't know if he's a good enough quarterback without Derrick Henry to go win these big playoff games. And that's something to me that is a huge hit for them. It's sad to see. 
Yeah, well, this is why you brought Julio Jones in, isn't it? Like, right. Just in case something like this happens. Yeah. I mean, I've always, these past couple of years, I've thought Ryan Tanner, Tannehill is overrated. Like, I, just calling him a top 10 quarterback. All right. You don't got Derrick Henry now. Let's see what you can do. Like, yeah. Derrick Henry is such a big part of that offense. It's like, I don't know if, I mean, they're going to win the division, but as far as playoffs, I mean, they may get Derrick Henry back for the playoffs. So maybe they'll be fine, but. I don't think they're gonna get no one or two seed like they they're sitting right now. Anymore. I think though, like the thing is, is they you had to expect sooner or later something like this was gonna happen to Henry. I mean, he's such he, an explosive bat; it always said, happens. Yeah, he's huge. He runs over people left and right, and like the thing that's crazy to me too is he runs ball like thirty times a game. So it's like eventually something big is gonna happen, and I'm excited to see what they do. Now, but personally, I kind of think this is where they start to fall off and the Colts start to pick up. Yeah. And I think this that's going to be huge. Maybe they still get in. Maybe um, Henry comes back for the playoffs and can carry them again. But I just don't think Tannehill has what it takes, and I honestly think that they're going to miss the playoffs because of this. Oh, wow. It's a huge take. But yeah, that's a tough take. Do you think they'll miss the playoffs with a four-game lead in their division? I do. I mean, granted, the Colts just won. Yeah, I mean, but. So, I just, I think Derrick Henry alone, not having Derrick Henry, I don't think Tannehill is going to be able to carry the team. I really just don't. They got easy games, too. They play the Texans and Jags. I know, but. More times. I mean, Texans have Ty- Tyrod Taylor coming back. And Tyrod Taylor played great in his first game. I mean, the Jaguars, yeah, they, you can say they're bad, but I mean, with no, if you don't have to game plan for Derrick Henry, that changes everything. And I honestly do think, hot take, huge hot take, I and mean, you guys may disagree, but that's something we need sometimes. Titans miss the playoffs. Yeah, I just don't know. I think that the Titans are a well oiled team that, you know, obviously right now they're second in the lead in rushing. Um, they're 16th in the league in passing, so they're, I mean, Tannehill has his weapons, and I think that, I honestly think the Titans make the playoffs. I don't think that, I think that's kind of a far reach. I think they lose some games and the Colts can gain an edge. I think the Colts look pretty dang good so far, and I don't know. I think without Derrick Henry, they're obviously going to take a hit, but who knows? Maybe AP will make a resurgence. I don't know, but you're saying, like, the Titans, they have the 16th best you know, passing right now, but that's with Tannehill having. Yeah, he has Derrick that security has, blanket in Derrick Henry, and Derrick Henry is the um, decoy. I mean, look at the Panthers. The Panthers are three and zero. They lose McCaffrey, and now they've went one and one and four in the last five games. I think that's how the Titans are going to be. They lose Henry, and they're just going to because they have no decoy. They're People are game planning against AJ Brown and Julio Jones. You take one of those guys out. Julio Jones is a he's a broken, he's just like a, a piece of glass. Every single time he steps onto the field, he's a piece of glass. He easily can get injured. And I just don't think that they're gonna have the long term success. I mean, they they play the Rams this week, and I think that's not good for them. They play the Saints, and who knows what the Saints now. Texans, Texans, if they can play tough with you know, Tyrod Taylor, that might switch around. They don't have the easiest schedule in the world coming up, and that's where I think they start to lose some games. Some In games they should win, they're going to lose just because of 
All right, into other news that's huge in the world of the NFL. Uh, Henry Ruggs DUI. Um, I think maybe some of you guys have all heard this, read about it, but so he blew twice, or his blood alcohol content was twice the legal limit. He was driving 160 mile an hour down the road, hit somebody going 130, ended up uh, during that crash. The person actually that he hit died. He's facing four felony charges right now. Kind of just has thrown his entire life away, thrown his entire career away. It's a sad thing to see with yeah, a guy that's incredibly was showing sad. potential and was so young. He's only what 23 years old, and mm-hmm. you know former first you know first round pick. It's crazy to me to think, and honestly, it's gonna be bad. I think for the Raiders without him, he was a guy that kept defenses honest he was a guy that could get past the secondary and i really think that this might be something uh the nfl is gonna have to investigate with a las vegas team because las vegas is known for the crazy party life and it was on a bye week and i think he probably is gonna be out of football for the rest of his career because i know he's facing two to 20 years in prison already yeah well he should i think that he should be i think it's just a horrible mistake by him and it's just something that hurts you know the people involved and the team in general too I mean it's hard to talk about a team when you know somebody's life ended in an accident like this but yeah Las Vegas has had a very very rough go of it just the Raiders in general with within this last month with the whole John Gruden stuff and then now with this Henry Rudds thing one of their top receivers I don't know I think I look at this now with Las Vegas, I th- I think the NFL is going to look into some of this stuff with having teams in Las Vegas, and I think it was on first take they were talking about it, where, you know, you have all this stuff readily available to you, like all of this nightlife, you're in Sin City and everything else. I don't know if that's a contributing factor into everything, but it happened here. So I think the NFL is definitely going to look into it you know, having maybe different rules for these type of cities. I don't know what you really do, but I don't really think there's anything you can do. I mean, yeah. I mean, you pump so much money into this anyway. It's like Las Vegas is, it's going to be hard for expansion with this stuff. Exactly. And it's like, all of these guys are grown adults. I yeah. mean, you can't babysit everybody. No. And it's like, I mean, okay. If you watch the movie, the hangover, like shit happens in Las Vegas. And I think this is finally, like, the big thing because, I mean, you know, they have uh, a hockey team de- there, don't they? Yep. Yeah. And I, nothing's Knights. really happened with the hockey team. But, like, I think this is the big first year that something as crazy is happening in Las Vegas. I mean, they build this huge stadium. They put all of this money into it, hire this big-named NFL coach to a huge deal. He comes out as all of his emails and whatnot. Henry Ruggs does this. It's almost like now, what's next? What's next yeah. for Las Vegas? And, I mean, it's it's a crappy thing to see, especially a guy that's so young. And, you know, it sucks for him, but it sucks even more for the other person's family. Oh, of course. Yeah. Like, it's it's yeah. sucks to see a guy, some, a young yeah. talent, just throw his life away for driving drunk. I mean, yeah. it, a... there's no excuse, especially a guy like his. He has enough money. He can pay an Uber to get home. Yeah, I mean, you have options. I mean, the NFL offers a service yep. for people that have free rides home. They can call somebody from NFL staff, and they can get free rides home. So this type of stuff doesn't happen. 
it's it, it's a fatal mistake, and I he should never see the NFL again. And it's like there's it's, no way he should. What do you expect? You get a 23 year old kid that you just hand a shit ton of money to, and you yeah. put him in Las Vegas. What do you expect is gonna happen? Yeah, stuff like this. And yeah, I, I mean, I watched the video of uh, Derek Carr talking about it today, and you can tell it's not only affecting you know the person's family who died in the car accident it's not only affecting henry ruggs it's affecting the team uh, Derek carr is broke down in tears yeah it's hard to see it's hard to see something like that and honestly it's i don't think he's ever going to touch the field again i think even if he does for whatever reason you know kind of get out of this i think it would be a smart thing for him to kind of just pull himself away from that atmosphere yep yeah i think you guys hit it perfectly i that's great points you guys both made up about teams in Vegas. I didn't even think about that. Like, the party atmosphere is right there, especially coming out from a bye week. 23-year-old, fun city. Yeah, just It's a shame. The, the thing too. that, like, makes me the most frustrated about it is, like, every time he scores a touchdown, he had a, you know, roommate in college that passed away from – I can't remember if the driver was a drunk driver or – he passed away in a car accident, and every time Henry Ruggs would score a touchdown, he'd put three fingers up to remember his college roommate and good friend. And it's like he do- goes and does that. Yeah, it's just well, no, it's, and it's and not simple. even you know. Yeah, driving drums horrible, but why? What are you doing going twice the legal limit? Well, or, I think like going 150 miles an hour twice the legal limit. Like, what do you? Like, I think though, like stuff is like we've all been there. We've all drink and it's like sometimes you just you go too hard yeah and i mean and he probably thought in his head like oh i'll be fine maybe he's done this before you know maybe he has he's 20 like we said he's 23 years old maybe he's not fully matured enough to you know handle the party atmosphere and handle all this stuff and i mean he has a sports car i bet 95 percent of the people who have sports car eventually they just let it go they just try to see how fast this thing can go and i think for him it bit him in the ass, honestly, and it it sucks to see. But again, what can you say? You know, we'll maybe next week we'll know some more news about it that we can talk about. But uh, moving on to Aaron Rodgers, out with COVID. Ha ha ha, Ryan. I love to see it. Such bullshit. <laughs> but you know, the one benefit of this, of him being out, is uh, you get a good look at Jordan Love. You know, he could be potentially the future of the Packers. I think I think this is going to be a good game for him to be tested in, honestly. Very much so. And, you know, just having a couple of notes written down on it. So this whole thing got brought up. You know, COVID has been, happened last week with Devontae Adams and Ellen Lazard and all these people being out with it. And then Aaron Rodgers has it this week. Um, I didn't really think that it was a that big of an issue. It's just he, you know, he has it, and then it came out that he was unvaccinated, and everybody started freaking out because back in August, he, when he had his first press conference back, somebody asked him if he was vaccinated, one of the pressers, and he said that he was immunized. Okay, so everybody was freaking out now that Aaron Rodgers' situation now with this game, he has to go through that 10-day quarantine, and then, then he can come back. So that would put him... And next Saturday, being able, being ready to go against the Seahawks. So the big news about it was is that he was trying, he, you know, put it off to the the media. He lied to the media that said he wasn't immunized, or said he was immunized, and he 
he isn't. And the big deal of it now is that he was lying to the NFL, so then he could go and he could go and, uh, you know, get a free pass on stuff. Now, something that confuses me about it is that I don't ever think I've heard him say he's not vaccinated. Does immunize mean that you're vaccinated? I mean, he could have gotten COVID, but something, too, that confuses me is that there is stuff that his teammates knew about it, his NFL coaching staff knew about it, and they had to report that stuff to the NFL. How is he trying to just dip away from the NFL and get free rules when the NFL coaching staff knows about it? Well, okay, I mean, granted, with a nursing background, I kind of can give a little insight on that, is the fact that if if I say I'm immunized, that, that means, means you have immunity to... Exactly, which... 99% of people are going to take as you were vaccinated. If I yeah. said I'm immunized against measles, are you going to take that I'm vaccinated against measles? Yes. I yes. Would. And I think that's why you, he was being very selective about his wording and he didn't want to outright say I am vaccinated because yeah. then I feel like if this came out, he'd be like, well, all I said was I was immunized. Right. Kind of deflect the fact that he really wasn't. And now, so you're telling me, so his coaches knew about it, but the NFL didn't? That is what they're saying. But you so, have to report that you are unvaccinated to your coaching staff. That's one of the rules in the NFL now. And all of his teammates know. So were the Packers trying to See, hide the fact that he wasn't vaccinated so that he could come back earlier? He wouldn't have to go through all the testing. He wouldn't have to do everything. See, I'm not quite sure. This is a fuzzy situation because it's like I look at it. And, you know, in the news, they're freaking out because, oh, he's unvaccinated. Everyone's freaking out about it. It's like, I don't really give a shit if you're vaccinated or not. That's his personal decision. But I'm not sure. I don't really know where this is going. People are calling for him to be suspended a couple more games. But I really don't know where this is going. I'm really confused. Um, I don't think that, I mean, he never said that he wasn't vaccinated. It was immunized. I mean, I get that it, you maybe think that's vaccinated. But he never said, I'm I'm vaccinated. I don't know where this is going. This is something weird to me. All I know is Aaron Rodgers is out this week versus the Chiefs. And I think, okay, if it comes out, the fact that the Packers are trying to cover this up, the Packers are trying to get away with this, hoping yeah. that he was never going to test positive, never you know have to do that, I do think that should be a fine not only for him, but for the Packers Well, if it was something like that, yes. <laughs> if, they were, if the team went under investigation by the NFL and they were you know hiding this information that Aaron Rodgers – was unvaccinated, and now he gets COVID. Now everyone's freaking out about it. Yeah, I understand that. I also think, though, I mean, if this is now coming out, I would not be surprised if the NFL kind of makes, I mean, I guess he's a superstar. It's probably going to be the Le- LeBron effect that they're not going to suspend him a game. But I do think they should make it kind of like an example. Make an example out of it. You lied. You get suspended. Yeah, I just don't. I, I don't do personally think that that would be a fair on the NFL's part to do. Right, and from right now, how I'm seeing it, and it's like I said, I know very little about this news. All of the stuff that I'm saying could be flawed, but what I'm telling, seeing from it now, is that he lied to the media, and that was it. It's like he lied to the media, and for that, for me, it's like I don't really think that's that big of a deal. But, I don't. I don't think lying to the media is such a big deal. I do think, though... He, like, partially... He could have partially lied. If you had COVID and then you have the... You're immune to it. You have that immunity now. I mean, that would be immunized. See, I don't know. This is such a weird thing. It's all this COVID bullshit. It's like... Yeah, I don't know. It's like... 
Kyrie Irving. I mean, he doesn't need to tell anybody anything. You know, he's. I mean, a lot of people like. If you tell them that you're not vaccinated, they give you weird looks, and all these people are losing their jobs, and it's like, if Rogers doesn't want to tell the public that he's not vaccinated. Like, look at all the crap Kirk Cousins is getting right, got exactly. because of however, telling the though, public that he's vac- he wasn't vaccinated. However, reading here though, like Kirk Cousins is not allowed to be on the sideline unless he has a mask on or he has his helmet on. He has to, you know, he can't take his helmet off. He has to, you know, be wearing a mask if he is, and he can be. You know, violating league protocol. We saw it in preseason with Cole, Be- Cole Beasley on the Buffalo Bills. He violated uh, the NFL's COVID policy by taking his helmet off and talking with teammates without a mask on. And reading here, it says they're going to launch an investigation to see if Rodgers violated any league protocols. And that's any time he's on the sideline yeah. without a mask. See, I think it's weird, too. It's like... I think Pat McAfee said it too. There needs to be strict rules on what you can and cannot do because I think everybody's confused within the NFL. It's like, what can you do and what can't you do? And it's like, are people, it's like, I don't know. This is a hard thing for the NFL to really like dig into, but they'll lay the hammer down. I don't doubt Roger Goodell will lay the hammer down. And I'm reading here, it says, you know, stuff. I'm getting all this news from CBS right now. Um, It says that. Both Rodgers and the team could be uh, staring at potential serious punishments. For the Packers, the NFL has the right to find the team or take away any draft picks. So last year, there were multiple teams that did get hit with these fines for breaking uh, COVID policies. Notably, sure. there were the Raiders and the Saints. They got um, $700,000 they were fined, and they also got draft picks taken away. And yeah, I, I did think, remember hearing about that. Exactly. And I think now in this situation, because I know for like Kirk Cousins' situation, he's not allowed to be in a closed off room with the other quarterbacks since he is not vaccinated. And I feel like this is where Rodgers has been violating stuff that he has been doing that because he's been getting away with it. He, you know, I mean, you use smart wording of, oh, well, I'm immune. People are going to think, oh, you got the vaccine. Okay, everything's like that, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I'm just trying to dodge media questions. if the NFL questions. really knew if the Packers really told the NFL right away, if Rodgers told the NFL right away that he was not vaccinated, then this would not be an issue. This right. would not be a thing. So I'm assuming that there was a cover-up possibly yeah. because there's there'd be no reason for the NFL to launch an investigation if they knew going in that Rodgers was never vaccinated. Yeah, see, I – yeah, this is so So I think that's another something that – you know, within the next week. Yeah, we'll definitely know more about that it. That is gonna it's come gonna be, out about it. But news. I mean, yeah, I do think you want to talk Jordan Love a little bit. Yeah, I kind of do. Um, me personally, Aaron Rodgers is out. I am very, very, very excited to see how Jordan Love's does in a game like this. This is his first. This how is do gonna you know be- he's gonna play. They signed Blake Bortles back. Blade Bortles, Jordan Love is going to get the start. I think Blade Bortles is just a security there because Kirk Benchurch, our third-string quarterback, he also got COVID. So we only had one quarterback on the roster that could play. So they brought in Blade Bortles just in case, you know, Jordan Love gets hurt or, you know, Blade, you know, Savage Bortles has to go out there. I'm really excited to see how Jordan Love does. I watched him a little bit in the preseason. He looked decent. Against the Saints, he was in for, like, one drive, and he threw for, like, 65 yards. Um, but we really haven't seen a whole lot of them. It's like COVID hit. It's like after we drafted him, all this drama. So we haven't seen a lot of them. This will be the first time. This will be his first start. 
Um, I'm excited to see how he does, and it's a very big test against a Chiefs team that can blow up any second. I know their defense isn't very good this year, which can help Jordan Love, but they're a team that I just can't say that we're going to you know, beat them because they have a horrible defense. Um, I think... I think this is going to be very interesting to watch. He's gonna, they're gonna do a game plan fit to him. It's gonna be a lot of chat down stuff, but I don't think it's gonna be something where they're just gonna have him do chat downs the whole entire game. It's gonna be a big run game. It's gonna be chat downs, and I think he might throw a couple of passes downfield just to see what his arm is like. I think it's gonna be a Cooper Rush game. It it's could kind be of yeah. similar. I mean Zeke Elliott compared to Aaron Jones, you know, C.D. Lamb to Devontae Adams, stuff like that. I think right. it's going to be a lot of this same kind of stuff. They're going to dial up the run game right away, see if that's working. If that's not working, all right, let's do quick slants. Yep. All right, that's working. All right, let's do the 15 to 20-yard intermediate throws. Boom, boom, boom. And finally, I feel like, all right, let's take a shot. Yep. Why not? What do you have to lose? No, they're going to be they're gonna be taking shots. It's like right now I look at it as a fan. It's like Packers are 7-1. and one. Aaron Rodgers is out this week. You know, Chiefs are four and four. We have a pretty, pretty good lead in the NFC North, especially with the Vikings losing last Sunday night. We um, did it. <laughs> but I think that this is something. If we lose this game, it's it's not crazy big of a it's deal not that to me. Big of a deal. It's like the Chiefs are going to be a team. Patrick Mahomes, I think, could have a big game against our roughed up secondary. I think this is a game for him that, that he's going to be pissed off. He was pissed off against the Giants. He's going to be pissed off here. I overall, I'm just. I'm excited to watch Jordan Love with all the weapons that we have at receiver now. MVS is going to be coming back, I think, and then Batiari will be coming back. It'll be our full offense in there other than Aaron Rodgers, so I'm excited. I think Jackson Mahomes is going to be dancing up a storm on the sideline. That is the only catalyst that I think the Chiefs have you know, on their offense is that Patrick Mahomes' brother is Jackson. But... No, okay, but actually, though, I think Jordan Love, I think this is going to be a good test for him. I think that's going to be with – what Rodgers is going to do this offseason up in the air, it's going to give a good look on what the future of the Packers will be. And if he does horrible, you know what? If he does horrible, I'm not even going to be really that upset. I may be looking at it like it was Jordan Love. If I see absolutely nothing out of Jordan Love, I'm going to be questioning things. But It's a learning experience, though. I mean, yeah. he, hasn't, his he first, hasn't played a game. I mean, the dude has played, like, when was the last within he... the last three years, he's played three football games. Exactly. It's like preseason. Uh, yeah, after he got drafted, he yeah. hasn't played really. Right. I'm. Yeah, I'm just excited to see what he's going to do. I think he'll put up, like, stat prediction, like 235 yards, maybe two touchdowns and a pick or two touchdowns and two pits. It'll be a good game for him. It will be a good game. He ain't going to throw 330 yards again like Cooper Rush did. You know? No. But moving on to pretty much – the only big news at trade deadline, that trade led, that deadline was boring. That was a terrible deadline. No, it gets hyped up by the media so much. It's like, oh, you're trying to make it like an NBA trade deadline. It's not. It's nothing like it. It and never has been. The only big move that really was impactful was Von Miller to the Rams. So Von Miller to the Rams, uh, they traded... The Rams traded a second and a third round selection in the 2022 NFL Draft. Uh, to the Broncos for Von Miller. Now, Von Miller is going to pair up with Aaron Donald. He's going to be playing with Jalen Ramsey on the same defense. Their defense, I mean, arguably they have the best offense, so we don't even need to really talk about that. Right. But now they kind of solidified themselves as probably the best defense in the league. Um, do Does that make them Super Bowl favorites? In my mind, I think it does. I think going across Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald, and Von Miller 
It's like Von Miller, you can say what he wanted about him the last couple years, but, I mean, he's still been an eight-time Pro Bowler. He's still, I mean, he's going to be an elite player there in my mind. I think that puts them, it's like that defense just got so much scarier, in my opinion. I think Rams were Super Bowl, I think they were like Super Bowl favorites going into it. I think that they're Super Bowl favorites now. I think that's a big pickup for them. And it's like you got them too, and then you got Jalen Ramsey. The uh, the Rams, they want to win right now. I mean, they're pumping money into this team. They want to win now. So if they don't win now, this year, it's a huge disappointment for them. I think they made the right move. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's like you better hope they're Super Bowl favorites because – it's going to be a shaky road ahead if they don't win the Super Bowl this year. Like, they don't have any draft picks left. Like, they got, like, what, yeah, sixth and the seventh all, for next yeah. year? They got I rid mean, of all their future. Yeah, like, it's win now for them. I think, yeah, I like the I like the move. And on the Broncos' side of it, it's like, I think they made the move at the right time because Von Miller's getting older. They got, they're, they're kind of in a rebuild a little bit. The Broncos, they're not really win now. They don't have a quarterback. So, yeah. I, don't I like know. the move. I, to me, I think you get another guy that has a big name on the defense that has always kind of been there and um, kind of just makes the team sound scarier. Personally, I don't think it makes them actually scarier. I mean, I'm looking at the stats for him this year. He has four and a half sacks on the year. He has a total of 10 solo tackles only. He has a total of 19 combined tackles. He's not really having that great of a season. And I just, I don't know. I think with him transitioning to this team, I think they're not going to be able to gel right away, obviously. And I just, I think he's past his prime. He's not what he used to be. And I don't know if it makes a crazy big of a difference as what people are thinking it's really going to be. I do think, though, that they are Super Bowl favorites, regardless of this trade or not. Right. For just all the way they're playing and how great their offense is and their defense has been in the last year. But I I don't think this move solidifies them as the number one team. I think Von Miller is kind of a guy that could impact the game, but more than likely won't. All right. To the last segment of the show, it is the Week 9 game picks so last week just a right uh, recap um i went one and four uh for yikes yeah it was bad but i mean compared to trevor and ryan they both went two and three so it really wasn't that big of a deal nice pits trev all righty thanks man so first game that we have is patriots versus panthers what are you guys thinking Panthers at home, I believe. I believe they are at home, yes. Yes, they are. I think the Patriots keep it rolling. I'm not a big fan of the Panthers this year. Um, I think this could be a low scoring. I don't think either offenses are really clicking. I think if Christian McCaffrey plays, I could I'm gonna say twenty four to fourteen Patriots if Christian McCaffrey does not play. A 24-21 if he does, but you can just put down 24-14. To me, this is going to be a close game as well. I'm actually going to go with the Panthers here. I think that Christian McCaffrey is going to play, and he's going to have a huge um, huge impact in this game. Patriot is gonna, Patriot, Patriots are going to keep it close. They've been playing decently or pretty good defensively lately, and their offense has been clicking. 
I'm going to go with 32-28 in favor of the Panthers. All right. Um, Like Trevor said, if Christian McCaffrey is playing, I think Panthers win this game. But for the sake that I'm gonna, th- I'm gonna think he's out. I'm gonna go with uh, the Patriots on this this one. I think they're gonna win about. Mm, I'm gonna say 20, 21-17. Uh, All right, game number two for this week is the Browns at the Bengals. I do. I'm gonna go with Bengals here. I think Browns, they're just kind of all over the place. They had a really weird game against the Steelers last week. I think that they're a good enough team that they could keep it close. Bengals are going to come back off of their crappy loss to the Jets last week. Um, Cleveland, within the last six games, they've won five of the sits against Cincinnati. I think that'll be broken here. I think that the Bengals will win 28-17 to against the Browns. I'm actually going to go with the Browns in an upset here. Uh, I think it, I just can't see the like the Browns had so much hype coming in, and I just can't see them just totally falling off. Like four and five is kind of getting down to like, well, wow, you're really not a good team. And this team was three and one at one point. And I like I said I don't I'm not huge on the Bengals anymore after that loss of the Jets. I think they showed that they're a beatable team, and I think the Browns get a close win. I'm gonna say this game goes to overtime. I'm going to say 21 to 18 Browns. It's a bold prediction. Um in this game, I think the I think the Bengals get a bounce back win. Honestly, I think they they shit the bed last week and I think they want to be known as that good team and I think this is a perfect it's a divisional game. I think they win big. I think it's a 31 to 14 game for them. Oh, really? Yes. Um game 3 uh, is Vikings at Ravens. This one's this one's tough for me for some reason. It's like Ravens are at home. Vikings came off of a tough loss. Ravens are coming off a are they coming off a bye? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Ravens are coming off a bye. I'm going to take the Vikings in this one. I that might be a hot take, but I just think the Vikings like you said Trevor, it's like they're a team that's going to come out and they're going to win these weird-ass games now. I think Vikings get a win here. Uh, it's going to be a close game, though. I'm going to say 28-27. Yes, I don't even know. It's so hard to predict the Vikings. Like, I could see it going either way. I could see the team just being so upset with Zimmer that they just come out and shit the bed, don't play with any effort, and it's a blowout. Or I could see the Vikings... Getting a weird win or, like, coming up close. Like, I think this team will come out and play with a lot of heart. It's like after a loss, the Vikings teams always come and play pretty well. I think this could be a game where Greg Joseph misses a missed field goal. Or, like, we're going to come out and play with heart, but I just I don't think we're going to beat the Ravens. I really don't. I'm going to say 27-24 Ravens. Vikings love those close games. They do. I mean, every single game this year. (laughs) Yeah, it's every one. All right, for me, like I said earlier, I'm jumping off the Vikings bandwagon. I am done with that team. Going right to the Packers one. Cool. Yeah, nope, not. I'm not doing going to the Packers. But I am picking Baltimore to win 24 to 10. I think the Mm -hmm. Vikings get absolutely stomped in this game. 
All right, game four of the week is Packers versus Chiefs. I'll go first. Um, Rodgers is out. I think Jordan Love plays okay, considering he's going against a horrible defense. But I think the Chiefs ultimately win this game. I'll go 31 to 20. Um, I think in this game, I'm going to go with – I'm going with the Chiefs. I, I can't bet against Patrick Mahomes, especially going against Green Bay without having Aaron Rodgers. I do think, though, it might be kind of an ugly game. So I think that personally this week it's going to be about mm, 24 24-13 Chiefs. This one's really hard for me to pick. I would say if Aaron Rodgers was in, that the Packers win this game. I don't know how close. I'm going to go with Chiefs here, too. I think Jordan Love is going to go in, and he's going to do what he needs to do to keep the Packers in a game. I think I think the biggest thing to me, there's two factors in this game that are really huge. If the Packers can get their run game going, and they can do their consistent one-two punch with Dylan and Jones, they have a good chance to win this game. But the biggest factor to me is that it's in Arrowhead Stadium. It's an afternoon game. It's a game of the week. So I'm going to go with Chiefs here in a close one, 24-21. All right, and for the final game of the week, it is Titans versus Rams. Trevor, what you got for this one? Sorry, are the Rams at home in this one? No, Rams are away. I mean, yeah, Rams are home, right? They? Yeah, they are. Yes, they yes, are home. Um, I think we touched on earlier, Titans are kind of up in the air. You don't know what to expect from them right now. I think this could be a bit of a shootout, but ultimately I'm taking the Rams in this one, 34-24. to 24. All right, for my prediction for this one, this is going to be the first game for the Titans without Derrick Henry. This is the first game for the Rams with having Von Miller on that defense now. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a shaky game for the Titans. I think the Rams will come out and they're at home. They're going to be, they're going to be electric, especially with their new addition. I think that this game will really show how good that their defensive line is going to be. I'm going to go with the Rams here by 10, 31 to 21. I just think that the Tennessee Titans are going to need a game or two to really get that game plan worked out without Derrick Henry. And if Ryan Tannehill can show up and play a good game and be consistent and sort of match Stafford, I think they have a chance to win this. But I just don't think against a team like the Rams is a good time for Derrick Henry to be hurt for them. Yeah, exactly what you're saying. Um, I think without Derrick Henry... Without, you know, it would have been good if Derrick Henry would have got hurt and they could have went into a bye. Yeah, that would have been figured great. Out, or they could have played a team that was, you know, wasn't as good. But when you're going up against the top team in the league, it's just a crappy time for your guy to get hurt. And I think they lose this. I think the Rams win this game 35-10. to 10. I think Ooh. it's a blowout. I think they're not, the Titans aren't going to get anything really going on offense and the Rams are just going to capitalize off of that. Yeah, I just... Part of that, too, is the Titans' secondary. They haven't been playing that great this year. They're the 25th-ranked defense in the lead, and their offense, Tennessee's, is the 7th best with Derrick Henry. So 
I really don't know what's going to happen this week. It's like I can predict all this stuff. If last week would have went good with all of our pits and not all these upsets would have happened, I think this week would have been easy for picking. But I really don't know what the hell is going to happen this week. It's like anything can happen. Any of these teams can win. I mean, I thought maybe the Jets would beat the Colts tonight, but they obviously didn't. So, All right, that does it for Episode 2 of Close the Playbook. Make sure to turn in next week, and thank you for listening.